Adventures of a Street Musician by Mickey Zeekly. Hey kid, do you want to play the guitar? In 1961, when I was 15 years old, I was visiting my friend Harry. He recently got a guitar, but cannot figure out how to play it. I picked it up and I plucked a few of the strings, and it made music. I was very excited and thought I could learn to make music on the guitar. Well, we had a Sears Robux catalog at home, and there was a silver tone special guitar in the catalog. It had a sunburst finish, steel strings, and the catalog said that it had a great sound. I thought it was the most beautiful thing that I had ever seen. I convinced my mom into taking me to the Sears and Roebuck store to buy my first guitar, the Silvertone Special, for only $14.99. My parents weren't musicians and didn't even listen to music at home. This was a great departure from any previous experiences that I had at home. I grew up in a small town in Southern California called Tahunga, my hometown. There was only one music store with one teacher, Mr. Myron. I was very excited about learning the guitar and signed up for guitar lessons. I got to the lesson, but I was very disappointed to find out that Mr. Myron, the teacher, couldn't play the guitar. He expected me to learn to play the guitar by propping a beginning Mel Bay guitar book on a music stand in front of me and then him telling me to follow the instructions with him banging chords on a piano for me to follow along with. After two listens, I quit and I started studying on my own by listening to records and trying to imitate the guitar parts that I heard on the recordings that I liked. By the time I turned 16, I was teaching the guitar. Mr. Myron wasn't very happy because I ended up with all his guitar students, because unlike him, I could play the guitar. By the time I turned 18, I had 48 students a week, Some were in classes, some were individual lessons, and I was making great money for a teenager still in high school. I spent many nights every week, and any chance that I could, going to folk clubs in the Los Angeles area. The Ashgrove, the Garrett, the Ice House, and the Fifth Estate were all wonderful places that you could listen or jam with many great musicians. I was very lucky to have had the experience of studying with David Cohen, Frank Hamilton, and Bernie Pearl. In the front room at the Ashgrove, there was a session space, and I got to play music with people like Taj Mahal, Rye Cooter, David Lindley, and many more. Any chance I got, I would go to the concerts there and got to experience many fantastic musicians like Elizabeth Cotton, Mississippi John Hurt, Frank Hamilton, Liking Hopkins, Sonny and Terry, Doc Watson, Mans Liscombe, uh, David Lindley, 
Seamus Ennis, Jack Elliott, Can Heat, and many others. It was a great inspiration in my life. Some weeks, I would go every night, day after day, to experience the amazing music at the Ashgrove. I wanted every bit I could soak in, to quite the detriment of my high school work. I discovered Irish music when I went to see Ramblin' Jack Elliott at the Ashgrove. The first and opening act was someone I had never heard of, Seamus Ennis. And he was the opening act for Ramblin' Jack. Seamus was supposed to play the Irish Illin bagpipes, but he had a bit much to drink and he could only manage to play a few tunes on the tin whistle and sing wonderful and amazing songs. I thought that was really amusing, but Irish music didn't capture my heart then. It didn't until many years later when I heard Joe Cooley and Kevin Keegan back in the early 70s. McCabe's Guitar Shop was located in the front room of the Ashgrove in those days. I always admired the fine old instruments that they had hanging on the wall. One night I noticed a long-necked, strange-looking instrument with a gourd at the bottom, and it turned out to be a sitar. I thought it was the greatest thing that I'd ever seen. It had lots of strings and these weird metal frets that bowed up from the body and beads on the strings for tuning. It looked amazing. After much searching around trying to find a sitar teacher, I met Jan Stewart who was instrumental in bringing Ravi Shankar to the United States for the first time. Besides playing the sitar and the veena, she was a talented artist and did album covers for Ravi. I was very excited about my newly acquired sitar, and she started giving me basic sitar instruction. I pretty much camped out at her house meeting many amazing people. I learned a lot about the sitar, music, and life from her and the other wonderful musicians that came through her home. Another great sitar player, Hari Harau, moved to the Los Angeles area, and I studied with him. When I was 19, Ravi Shankar opened a music school in Los Angeles. It was called Kanara, and I became an avid student. I developed a holy admiration for my musical guru. We played at the Hollywood Bowl once with the whole school playing. It was an amazing sound, all those sitars and sarod and tabla players. I was finally invited to Ravi Shankar's home for a reception. I was very nervous about this, going to my hero's home for an intimate gathering. A friend sewed for me a beautiful Indian-style shirt, a kurta, made of the finest unbleached hand-woven cotton with intricate applique designs that were dyed many beautiful colors to wear to this very important life event for me. I had many great expectations. The reception was held at the master's home in a nice section of Los Angeles. I walked into my master's living room only to find him watching baseball and eating and drinking appropriately for this activity with Ala Raka and Nodu Mullock by his side on the couch. Ala Raka was Ravi's tabla player, the drummer, and Nodu Mullock, 
who made Ravi's sitars as well as being a teacher at the school. So much for incense and false idols. But Ravi's music was always transcendent, playing the most beautiful music I had ever heard. This podcast is a part of a series of Adventures of a Street Musician by Mickey Zeekley's Adventures in Music. The music that you've heard this evening is from the album Fiona's Folly by Mickey and Elizabeth Zeekley. This album is available on iTunes, CD Baby, and Amazon.com. For more information on Mickey and Elizabeth, please go to CelticWeddingMusic.net.